If you have ever been asked, or from some other source, had to go to a place where you did not want to go, or if you've ever had to have a conversation with someone with whom you would rather not ever speak to, then you have some sympathy with Jonah. At the end of my first year of priesthood, a few years ago, (laughs) quite a few years ago, I was informed one fine June afternoon in the kitchen of the rectory that I had a new address. He told me that I had been assigned to the cathedral parish. And even though I had only been in this assignment for one year, I had grown to love the community, the place where I was, the work I was doing, and I was not interested in or expecting a reassignment. Of course, I wasn't asked if I wanted to go. And to this day, I think the pastor had something to do with it, but I'm not sure. Being assigned to the cathedral, where you were in close proximity to the eye of the bishop, was not a young priest's first choice. Nonetheless, it actually turned out to be a good appointment for two and a half years. And so when I read the story of Jonah, I say to myself, I've been there. Jonah's reluctance to go to the city of Nineveh is, of course, understandable. The people of Nineveh, the city, was in the territory of Assyria, and they were known for their violence and their wickedness, hence God's desire to find out if they were prepared to repent. You know the story of Jonah, when God first called Jonah, he decided that he did not want to have anything to do with the Ninevites. And so he simply tried to run away, went down to the shore, found a boat, and went on a cruise. That didn't work out so well. The crew threw him overboard, a great fish swallowed him, and after three days wasn't able to stomach him any longer, and threw him up on the beach, and there was God waiting for Jonah, who said, up, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Our first reading picks up the story at that point. And much to Jonah's dismay, the Ninevites reacted favorably to God's call to repentance, and God withheld the punishment that God had been planning for the inhabitants. The call of the disciples in the Gospel goes in a much different way. And Mark indicates that the first disciples immediately responded to the excitement that they discerned in Jesus' invitation to come and to follow him. It's possible, they being human and all, that they might have objected, or at least wanted to discuss it, but Mark doesn't tell us if, in fact, that happened. In our own imagination, we might think that Simon, Peter, he at least might have put up some comment, as he was wont to do, 
saying fish for men? Like, what kind of a net do we need for that? We don't know anything about that. Perhaps they might have asked, uh, is there anything in it for us? Is there, is there a good pension plan, for example? Although, of course, we recall they're from Palestine, not from Illinois. Uh, maybe Zebedee might have asked his two sons, where do you think you're going? Who's going to take care of things at home? Both stories give us the same call that comes from God. Both stories speak to us of those three stages of invitation to discipleship. Hearing the call, leaving, and following. The pattern in almost every encounter in the scriptures is repeated over and over again. Hearing, leaving, following. And once the disciples in the gospel story, and Jonah as well, once they enter into that mission that originates in God's love for all of the people of God, some great things begin to happen. Repentance, teaching, healing, forgiveness, praying, loving, dying, and resurrection to new life. So this comes to us as the pattern and the model for our own mission. Even if there's something of Jonah in each of us from time to time, in our time and our place, it's the same call, the same task, and the same God. Doesn't necessarily mean we jump up and run away from home, no matter what our age might be. It does mean, I think, for us that, that we work on the second step of that pattern of discipleship. That we ask ourselves, how do I let go? How do I leave whatever it is that is really important to me? What am I going to do with my life? Where's the enthusiasm of the Christ in what I am about to do? What am I living for? Is that second stage. And we come back to that over and over again. How is it that what I do and what I say will make this world a better place? A place where others will come to know the mercy the joy and the love of God. The call of the Lord, as Jonah discovered, is persistent. There's always that need to respond. And I don't think that our response is ever just once. I think our response happens over and over and over again. It unfolds over time. It develops maybe stalls, takes off again, and we move forward in faith. The urgency is not about speed. The urgency is about trust, about trusting the call of God. As Jesus says in the Gospel, 
we discover wherever we are that the kingdom of God is at hand. As one wit said, when the disciple gets up in the morning, they are already at work. <laughs>